is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Radio Law Talk. Welcome. It's the 25th of May, 2019. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Denise Dirks. And uh, I always want to say David, but I'm going to say Todd Cunin. David is his brother with Cal Hunter, our producer. It was a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Thank you very much, our wonderful troops. We want to first do a shout-out to them. Today's going to be a special day because if you want to make a shout-out to a uh, one of your famous uh, relatives that's one of the that was uh, fought in either World War II, World War One, or you know, or Korea, you know, whatever Vietnam, or is currently out on the deployment. We thank them. Go ahead and text us at Radio Law Talk. I mean, text us. I mean, tweet us at Radio Law Talk, or call in eight five five Law Radio. Leave a message with Cal. We don't. He's not going to be able to if it, if it floods. Cal and our uh, people cannot answer the phone constantly. But so it's better to do it as a tweet. And we will shout out for your wonderful uh, people who serve, men and women who serve our country and keep our freedoms uh, alive. Though we may disagree on things uh, politically throughout this country, we are unified, I believe, as a country in the importance of the freedom. And you know what? As we always say, you know, our court systems, our country is not perfect. It has problems or uh, I say challenges in life, but I'll take this one any day over any other country. The freedom that, that I like the most kind of parrots what you just said, which is, we have the freedom to disagree. I can disagree with you politically. I can disagree with you, Denise, Fred. I can disagree with the president. I can disagree with the government. And my liberty is not going to be infringed upon. I mean, that, you start, you, if, you, if you live with it and grow up with it, that, that's great. There are people that don't have that freedom, and that's why they're trying to get here. And I love the freedom to have disagreement with you, Todd. Uh, yes. One of my favorite freedoms. I, 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 I know. She looks forward to exercising <laughs> that freedom every chance she gets. Yeah, e- even when we agree on something, I can see the uh, I can see the wheels turning. How can I turn this into a disagreement? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're politically neutral here at Radio Law Talk, and we we enjoy talking about the law. We talk about as much as we can about the law without giving legal advice. Remember, seek legal counsel, uh, local legal counsel. We are not here to give you advice on your cases unless you want to sit, as we always say, at the dinner table with your in-laws, Christmas, holiday season, whatever. You can use Radio Law Talk as the they say. Well, actually, when when they when you're sitting around the table, Table and everybody says, "Well, I heard, and they did a study, and they and they can't tell who the they are." You can trot out Lady Radio Raw Talk, Radio <laughs> Law Talk, and uh, get a leg up because now you have something to cite and an exactly effective right. strategy at your Memorial Day barbecue as well. That's right. Oh, oh, yes. this weekend. oh yeah, this, this is, weekend. This is the time. Right. Yeah, and and you know what? I shout out to my dad. My dad was a Marine. 
uh, in Korea. He was, believe it or not, one of the original Frozen Chosen or from Chosun Re- Reservoir. The famous, those of you who want to look up the Korean War, which is the Forgotten War. My dad was a Marine uh, and has some interesting stories that he told. I did a lot of research on my father after he passed away. I actually met with one of his sergeants a few years back. Um, and uh, he was in his 90s and still remember, remembered my father. And he had two Purple Hearts. We could, we did not remember where my father, or we wouldn't talk about it. It's funny that those old Marines, you know, from World War II or Korea, they don't talk about this stuff. And my dad refused to talk about it with us, but, but just a few sketches. And, and I finally found out how he was injured um, from this sergeant because we never knew he had two we knew where one he a mortar hit him and and, uh, and he was injured that way but the second purple heart he never disclosed to us but it was actually he was guarding a munitions dump and the munitions dump got hit and blew up and that's wow. how my dad got injured wow, the second time yeah and that was in Korea and uh, he it's interesting some of the stories my father told me about uh, sitting in a foxhole, and he, he still, I still remember tears in his eyes, and he was late, it was uh, soon before he passed away, my dad has been gone for quite some time, um, and he said, I remember seeing a fly flying around in my foxhole, wishing, oh, that I could be that fly. Um. Isn't that amazing how these, what these people went through, and the shelling, He what it's interesting, he said the shelling, it's not necessarily that you're getting hit by the shell, he says the the noise is so deafening, that it just rattles you to the bone is the shelling when he's sitting there getting shelled. But interesting, we just drug it out of him, um, and he told a few things. But I was fortunately able to talk to some of his, um, some of his, uh, his sergeant. And it's actually Schnell, Schnell or Schnelling was this sergeant's name. And I actually have, we have two pictures of my father. That's all we have during the war. And one is him coming out of the bush. Uh, on a reconnaissance, uh, the three of them, and Schnelling was in the picture, and it shows them they had their shirts off and they're painted, you know, different colors. These guys wore pants, long pants. They had their M1 rifles and no shirt on, and that's where they'd go into the jungle late at night and coming back. And so, anyway, I know I'm doing anecdotal discussions, but with this memorial uh, weekend, we're really thankful for all those people. Absolutely. But we do talk about uh, topics of the law, and uh, it's interesting that uh, today, I I don't care if you like this or not, or you care about this or not, this is the most interesting stuff that I have read and studied is about these eSports lawsuits. And I know Todd knows a little more about this, but we're going to talk about eSports lawsuit. The money in eSports to me is crazy. And we're going to discuss that after we do a case or no case. But first of all, I'm going to thank a couple of new stations. KOTA 1380 AM and 100.7 FM in Rapid City, South Dakota is joining Joining us, welcome South Dakota. This is our first South Dakota ra- radio station to join us. Welcome, welcome. And WBCF 1240 AM and 97.1 FM in Florence, Alabama. Thank you for joining us, Todd. No Alabama jokes. I, I don't know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so uh, we that's our second Alabama uh, station. Thank you very, 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 very much for joining us. We are just having wonderful affiliates join us left and right. And I'm going to thank Joe Spara. He is our wonderful affiliates relations uh, person that works with us. And, and I'm telling you, I know uh, 
you know, this is anecdotal and I should be talking about, but I'm going to thank people. It's important to thank those who have helped us. And Joe does a great job. He's a hardworking man. He's a wonderful man and does an excellent job for us. And, and no one else use him because we've got him. Yes. <laughs> All right, Cal, let's talk about Case or No Case. Let's just roll the beginning. Can we? Do we have enough time? Well, we'll see. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! Case or No Case is a game. Any stories represented in here may or may not be true and are based on facts but may not be fully factual. Any similarities to legal cases may be purely coincidental or may be factual. Case or No Case is a game of skill. No wagering, please. Okay, so that's my... i got to get my disclaimer. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. to get, now I take you to the great state of Michigan where a man by the name of Stephen Tavetten had a rather large parcel of land, a big farm, about a half a section. He had some tenants who needed to build a dam on the property, and they did. The Michigan Department of Environmental Quality got wind of it and wrote Mr. Tavetten a letter threatening him with fines of $10,000 per day unless he removed the reinforced wooden structures, or debris dams, as the state called them. Tavetten had a choice. Have the tenants tear out the dams, pay the fine, or seek legal counsel. And so, with that rather easy setup, and, uh, you know, maybe not that much time to go, I ask you, case or no case? I know we only have about, what, 30 seconds left? Uh, about that, yes. Okay, but really quick. So, it was, what was he damming up? Was it a creek? Was it a river? Was it a... a, a, a yeah. yeah, it was a natural waterway. Natural, natural waterway. waterway. Okay. Yeah, I think well, the, we're going to come back, and you guys think about it. If you want to call in at 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk, your answer, what you think, whether or not it's a case, and if, the case, if it is a case, what the outcome is. We're going to be right back after this and find out. You are listening to Radio Law Talk. You can remember, remember, I should say, that you can get all previous episodes on RadioLawTalk.com. Thanks for turning us on. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds.
When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at PennyAndAssociates.com. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. So we're talking about a waterways case where uh, we have a natural waterway in Michigan and an individual decides to dam it up. And basically the government comes and says, knock that off. You're going to either be fined, you release the water, or um, you have it torn out by your tenants. Apparently, it might have been tenants that were doing the it. The tenants built it. Uh, you know, the the landlord said, "Well, if you need the water, you know, it's a big parcel of land. What am I going to do about it?" So they built the dams, and the state came in and said, "It's going to be ten grand a day." Wow. Ten grand a day. The state was very serious about this. So we had three choices. Like I said, have the tenants tear out the dam, pay the fine, or seek legal counsel. So, Fred. You may get to go. I'm not going to give the score for case or no case because I don't have it up. But go ahead, Fred. Uh, tell us uh, your thoughts on case or no case. If it is a case, what is the outcome, please? So if you have an opinion, 855-LAW-RADIO. Denise, what is the actual numbers of 855-LAW-RADIO? You can call and leave a message with Cal. You don't have to be on the air. 855-529-7234. Or tweet us at Radio Law Talk because we check our Twitter and tell us what you think. But... There's definitely issues with waters. Uh, water, as they say in at least California and Arizona in the West, is what's called liquid gold. Whiskey's for drinking, water's for fighting over, Mark Twain. That's exactly right, Cal. <laughs> so uh, this is important, and the answer is you cannot stop up natural waterways, even if it's on their, the individual's property. I'm saying generally speaking. Again, we're not talking – got to talk to your local council. But generally speaking, if it's a natural waterway, you're going to affect the people downriver. And if you're damming it up, it affects the people downriver that even if they don't use it for their irrigation but maybe for their natural beauty. So I think it is a case – and the uh, who wins is the government. I, it just the problem is, Cal. That's too intelligent and straightforward of a case. That's what irritates me because that's <laughs> I know would the, be the answer, but it's just too simple. So I'm just gonna go with my gut and just say, if I went with my gut, I'd say no case. But I'm gonna say it's a case, and it's and the government wins. That's just that's that's a no-brainer. That's what scares me. Well, I think a lot of times uh, as we get new states on different affiliates that maybe they have different water laws there. So I thought this might be an interesting story. Ms. Uh, Ms. Dirks, what are your thoughts on this case or no case? And if it is, what is the outcome? Well, it, it definitely is a water rights case. Right. And so people that own the property would have a right of use. So they can use yeah. the water. Yeah. The question is, can they stop others where the water flows to from using the water? And that's what a dam would purportedly do. So, and you said it was the State Environmental Quality Agency, right? Correct, correct. And so that sounds like it's right in the wheelhouse of what that agency is supposed to be doing. So I do think no case. She's right. Yeah. I know All that. Of that. No All case. Of- I know that. That's smart, Denise. Cassie. It's too smart it's, of a fact pattern. And it's too easy. <laughs> you guys. I know. <laughs> Mr. Kunin, what say you? You know oh. I wouldn't just pick up a routine piece of laundry here. Well, Go ahead. What's, what's, oh, yes, you what, would. <laughs> what, say, what say I? Well, you know, this, this case reminds me of the joke about what did the fish say when it swam into a concrete wall? 
Dam. Dam. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so, because that's what dams are made out of concrete. Say that. The fish hit uh-huh, it. Uh-huh, no, okay. I get it. Right. <laughs> uh, hey, Cal, I have a question for you. Sure. The tenants in question, are they beavers? Maybe. So if if this is something that's naturally occurring, I think he absolutely seeks legal counsel because he can't be fined personally for what a wild animal is doing. It's what they do. It's nature. He didn't direct it. He can't. Look, I, I, I hesitate to use this phrase, but you're damned if you do, damned if you don't in his case, because if he gets rid of the dam, then the environmentalists are coming after him because he destroyed their habitat. So I say he absolutely, it is a case he seeks legal counsel. Hey, Denise, we didn't ask who the tenants were. <laughs> no, we didn't ask who the tenants were, and that's like a little right. smart. Cal. And it's almost like an act of God. You know what I mean? Of the beavers are oh. natural and all of that. And well, I still think it's no case. Okay. I think well, it's no, a fact pattern, but it's not yeah. a case. You can't change it. So now, I here know, we go. but that's what it is. Case or no case, <laughs> the letter was in fact written to Mr. Tibetan, and he wrote back saying the tenants building the dams were beavers, <laughs> little furry animals. And you he, should get more points because of that. Talk. <laughs> he wrote, and I quote. While I did not pay for nor authorize their damn project, I think it would be highly offended of you to call their skillful use of natural building materials debris. I would like to challenge you to attempt to emulate their damn project any damn time or any damn place you choose. This letter was written 20 years ago, and it's still very popular on the Internet uh, because this guy was just, he was just, uh, anyway, he says he is still famous for it. The pun-filled letter is out there more than 20 years later, and that, ladies and gentlemen, if you will, is a case. Or no case. One point for Fred, no points for Denise, two points for Todd. Wait a second. Because I, saw... I said it was a case. Oh. You said no case. Yeah, but did it go to court and was oh, a it case? A, it wasn't a legal case. It was a, it was a, this was, I'm fine with it being a fact pattern because the letter was written by the state to the man. And he wrote a letter back. So it was like was, an, it was like good. a not necessarily. It could be like a. Um, that's a little iffy. Cases. You think so? Yeah, because I don't think that a case ever but, rose out of it. But I've awarded you points on that basis before. You have? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm equal for all. No, no, it's freedom fine. for all. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're just going to modify the game to something or not something. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to call it Beaver Be Damned. <laughs> That's it. Very good. Okay. All right. Good. What's the points that's total, a, a, Cal? Well, as things stand right now, uh, if my if my addition is correct, Mr. Cunin has 37. Denise still has 45. Mr. Penny has 49. Ooh. And we do case or no case oh. every hour here on Radio Law Talk. Don't forget, 50 points, ladies and gentlemen out there. I receive Donna's famous spaghetti. So it's 50 points. The spaghetti from Cal's wife is what the uh, prize is, and I can't wait. So. Anyway, we're going to talk about an interesting thing in esports. Now, what is esports? Most of you listening out there going, I don't want to listen to this because I don't care about esports. No, you've got to hear this about esports. Esports is where basically kids play computers and they play games. And, and, and we're going to discuss that when we get back, when we come back, about how much money they make and the latest lawsuits in esports. We'll be right back. This is Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. We thank you for listening. 
All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. The Hollywood Reporter did a great job in, in uh, uh, this article about this esports lawsuit. And again, you know, we know about it through a lot of uh, venues that we study from. But the main thing is, is what Hollywood Reporter mentions is the following. Did you know the top esports player is Tyler Blevins? Cal, you and I don't follow this very well. Not, so not I much, want, yeah. And, but I want you to hear this. And, and this is for those people that don't want to, you know, don't really care about this. He's known as Ninja. In December, he told CNN that he brought in $10 million last year. $10 million. He just pulled down a cool $10 million to play video games and let people watch him play video games. It's a millennial's dream. That's better than a poke in the eye with a hot stick. Oh, my gosh. And guess how many views he has on things. There's a thing called Twitch, and I actually looked it up this morning, mm-hmm. and I started watching Twitch. Twitch is a like a YouTube channel, a TV channel for video gamers, and you can watch these people play video games live, and while they talk, you can hear what they say. And, and, and I guess there's two reasons. Number one, it's interesting to watch to the kids. Me, it bored me to death. But the second thing is, is it teaches them how to play it. Like, oh, look, he grabbed that gun. It's in this corner, so they can learn how to play those games. But he has 450 million views on Twitch. Now, this is not the kid that's bringing the lawsuit. This is like the top player in these esports. And ready for this? He has 20 million subscribers on his YouTube channel. Wow. That's a lot of subscribers. That's a lot of people watching. And and here's the, you know the age range of those? Wait, what happened? There you go. Oh, no, I, I am being taken. I'm coming in and out. Oh, what's happening? The age We're range fine. the age range of the uh, of most of the folks that are watching these videos is the anywhere from eight years old all the way up to eighteen, but most of them are kids. Right. Because it, what you said, Fred, is exactly what they're doing. A lot of these are tutorials where somebody plays the video game. So, well, how do I pass level 11 on uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3? And I want to get in here. And, and the videos on YouTube will be how to pass this thing really quickly. How to, how to upgrade your character so that it has this armor with this guns. And now you're more competitive in the player-on-player stuff. And, and that's just an industry over the last 10, 15 years on YouTube that has just skyrocketed, and the ones that got in early are making a ton of money because they're popular. There's a there's an artist named PewDiePie, which is he's, he's probably one of the top YouTubers out there, and he started playing, it wasn't sports games, but he's playing games, and it's the funny commentary, and my kids watch it, and, and I'll tell you, the people are hurting the cable industry because they're losing people watching TV, because Kids prefer YouTube, Denise. Well, I was just wondering, how do they monetize this? You know, this is like for me. I just want to get my head around this kind of money. How do they? How do they monetize it? Well, th- th- here's here's something that here's something that you mentioned. 
you know, you said this guy's got like 20 million subscribers right. and he has 450 million views. Well, if, if you're on YouTube, for example, there's different ways that folks make money on YouTube. One way, it's pretty obvious, somebody's watching YouTube and you go those little ads that show up in the banner bar on the bottom. Well, anytime somebody clicks on that, the maker of the video is going to get a portion of the ad revenue that Google generates. So if somebody's paying Google a buck a click for, for ads to show up on this person's video, well, that person's going to get a portion of that dollar that they pay to Google, and Google tracks that. Google also has payments to folks based on number of increments of 1,000 views. So for every 1,000 views, you're going to make this amount of money. So, you know, it's it's cost per view that they pay. Uh, they also have stuff for cost per likes. If, if you have more likes of that, then Google knows that more people are watching yours and the revenue goes up. So there's a lot of stuff that Go I say Google, Google is YouTube, that they make there. Twitch is the same way. Twitch, I mean, it's interesting. Twitch actually is on it can be an app on the Xbox console itself wow. so that when wow. somebody's playing Xbox they activate the Twitch app and now it broadcasts directly from their Xbox console up to the cloud and anybody can watch it and you can comment on it because you got the headset for your Xbox Crazy. and the more people that log on to Twitch they share the revenue with the folks that um, that are That's like TV. broadcasting no, it's like TV, TV. So it's, yeah. it's like paying for this kind of influence to get people to look at their um, under underlying program, right? But pretty much, but it's also breaking into television. So like on Saturdays, there's the Overwatch League. Overwatch is a game, and, and you can see it. I think it's on ABC on television from whatever time frame it is. You go and you watch two teams compete against each other, and they have a crowd there in the Overwatch arena, and now they're generating revenue like typical television shows through Threats. commercials. And television generates revenue in that same way. They, When you buy advertising, there's a thing called CPM, cost per mill. In other mm -hmm. words, cost per 1,000 people. So it's it's tabulated in exactly the same way by rating services. So really, this is just an extension of the way people buy media, and it's another venue, a very highly targeted demographic venue where they can put their money directly on the backs of people they want to reach demographically. So why do we bring all this up? We're basing this all on a lawsuit by by Turner Tenney, a 20-year-old man known as Tufu, T-F-U-E, on these eSports. And he said that he uh, signed a contract with FaZe Clan. Now, apparently, Todd knows what FaZe Clan is. FaZe Clan is what, Todd? FaZe, uh, so... They have these things out there that are clans that are that are basically the esports equivalent of maybe teams, um, things like that that you would have from traditional sports. It's just a group of people, and they all game and they do things. And the clan, as a collective, will have a YouTube channel, and then the individuals upload to the clan's YouTube channel, and then they share in the profits or however things go. So he is he signed a contract so that he could do this. I mean, the idea here is ten years. Years ago, we had mechanisms in place to cover talent agencies for the actor, talent agencies for the pro sports athlete, who gets what if it's reality sports. Well, now we have a new medium here, a new thing called esports. And the fundamental question here is, 
Where do which, they fit in? Which laws does it fall under? Are these mm-hmm. sports? Does it fall under the need for in the talent agency? And does that have to have representation? Where does this fit? And this guy is complaining. He's he, he's um, a professional gamer, and he is complaining that he's got a three-year contract, that he signed a three-year contract, and that is oppressive. And it basically does not allow him to do any other type of gaming activities. And he is the split is something ridiculous, like FaZe Clan gets 80%. And he gets 20% of every profit that he makes. Yeah, he also says that FaZe Clan's unlawful activity, uh, this is in April 2018, he signed this, is one, he only gets 20%, you're right, of the revenue. Half of his revenue is from touring appearances. And his Twitch streams have been viewed more than 120 million times. Um, and he has more than, uh, what, 10 million YouTube subscribers. And all that he's bringing basically to them, and he's getting a small percentage of it. Now, this was my argument. Let me tell you what I wrote down. As you know, we, as we study, we write little notes. And I write notes. And the first thing I said is, first, it's a three-year deal, buddy. And I'm going to jump on one side. You guys can jump on the other. And you know what? Too bad. You signed the contract. And, uh, and now that they've built you up and you're big time – Oh, I want out now. It's like saying, saying I, I bought Apple stock. Oh my gosh, you know Apple's like, you know what? You got it too cheap. Hey, thanks for helping us out early and getting things, and you know, and, and we built it up now. But you know what? Here, we'll give you a twenty percent on your money to help you out now because you invested in Apple stock, not the hundred times or whatever Apple stock went up. That's the same thing to me here. It's like you sign the contract, and yes, some contracts are usury, and some contracts you can get out of, but. First of all, it's not like this is a well, a super long contract. It's three years. And the second thing is, did they help you get where you are? Well, so my response to that would be, first, I, I agree with you to a certain extent. It, I mean, they haven't changed the contract at all. So, so you were, where you were able to review all this, you knew what the split was going to be, the 80-20 split. You knew all of this when you signed it. I would say that this guy, Tfue, probably had a good following before joining FaZe, because FaZe doesn't usually bring in people that know that have nothing. They want to bring in folks that already have a good, so those followers go up with FaZe. But that's, I mean, you knew what it was when you came in. But it, did it increase? And, and if it increased, it did. What I am going to say for this, you know, we have some issues that deal with what services FaZe was set to provide and whether or not they were legally authorized to do that. And when we come back, we'll talk about that because if they weren't authorized, then the contract may not be valid on that basis. Don't go away. You'll want to hear what we well, have to say. Well, it depends what the contract says. Exactly. But, 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 but we're, and then we're going to go over what's called the Talent, Talent Agency, Act, Agency Act. We're going to discuss what that is and how it may apply because that is their argument. It's the Talent Agency Act that should apply, and therefore this is an invalid contract because they're not following that. We'll be right back. This is Radio Law Talk on radiolawtalk.com and on your favorite radio station, and we'll continue right after this. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Are you serious? This is Radio Law Talk. 
And if you want to talk to us, call us at 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. Todd, Talent Agency Act is one of their arguments that this should now fall under the Talent Agency Act, these eSports, right? Absolutely. You know, when we first started talking about this a couple minutes ago, we talked about what are these folks that participate in eSports? Are they, are they actors? Are they athletes? Are they Because the designation of the individual is going to determine what, side or, what sort of license the people that book work for them have to have. And if these folks are talent, like actors who, who have agents, I have an agent because I do acting. My agent has to be licensed with the state of California to engage in procuring work for me for the purpose of artistic endeavors. It's under the talent agency, uh, the California Talent Agency Act. That's a requirement. Well, if the people that participate for FaZe are deemed to be talent falling under that purview, then FaZe Clan, the overall group, who is responsible for booking work, sending them to locations to participate in these things, responsible for how they generate their income, well, they've got to be a licensed talent agency. And if they are not so if the talent falls under the purview and FaZe Clan is not a licensed talent agency, then the contract that was signed by both sides cannot be performed by FaZe because they don't have the it's not legal for them to do it, and that affects whether or not there's even a contract, Denise. And that is exactly what um, Tufu is suing for. He's suing to get the court to make a declaration that the contract is either been breached by FaZe Clan or is void as against public policy or it's anti-competitive or that it because FaZe is not licensed they can't complete the contract. So he's asking for all of that type of relief in a declaratory fashion. So he's not seeking damages so much. There's a little bit of damages in there that he's requesting but it's really the declaratory relief action as to the contract um, and its enforcement. To get me out of the con- to get me out of the contract that's what he's trying to do. So, and you, everybody think, oh, so what? I don't care about this. This is, we're going to follow this. This is something that, yeah, you don't care about now, but this is an up and coming thing. No, no different than the Actors Guild or whatever, yep. because, or, or the NFL or, you know, NBA, because this is, this is the up and coming. The thing that struck me about it, just listening to the numbers you were putting out there, is that the agency gets the 80% and the talent gets the 20 Usually that number would be reversed, wouldn't it? Well, in a typical agency thing, like with my agent, all my agent does is send me on the audition, gets the job, sends me on the audition, I do the work, I'm doing all the work there, and so I get this. In this case here, it would be, it would be akin, for example, to the agent not only procuring the work, but I get out there and the agent all also has control over the medium in which my work is shown, and that's right. why it's a little different. So like the NFL. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. That's why it's called eSports, I believe, is because it is more akin to the NFL type of a structure. That's what the defense is probably going to argue. Yep. <laughs> that's yep. what they'll argue. It's like NFL. Hey, Jesse Smollett, the court is now telling Jesse Smollett's um, attorneys and the state to release information about 
this the case. Now, what happened is, if you back up, Jesse Smollett tried to claim that he was beat up by some individuals with Trump hats, uh, and apparently the attorney, well, uh, the district attorney, and this was in the Chicago, Illinois area, uh, said, no, we're not going to prosecute. There's a question about whether or not there was a little bit of, you know, don't prosecute this guy and we're going to say this name but michelle obama's friends back there we're not saying she did anything or had any influence but you know that so they're questioning all these issues and so what happens is they go into court and say you know what we're not going to prosecute this case because they found out he did lie and it was a setup and um we're not going to prosecute it and by the way we're going to seal the record and the court agreed to that and who's bringing this lawsuit or bringing this um this suit basically to open the records is the media. The media it's wants like to get to it. Hollywood Reporter and stuff. Exactly. And so the media uh, filed a motion to unseal the, the record, and the court said, huh, this is something that to me, I'm going to have to take some time and really think about it because I have to weigh the interest of the public and the media's rights um, versus Mr. Smollett's rights. Yeah, no, the, the interesting thing is on this issue is what did they do because they're saying they want privacy for Mr. Smollett, right? Right. This is a privacy. But what did Mr. Smollett do? He made he it public. Out, he went out and made the whole thing public. <laughs> his attorneys and, and, and everybody went out and, and went public. Not only he did, but his attorneys. And so the judge scratches his head and goes, hmm. So you want this private. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to balance whether or not this the First Amendment rights for the freedom of the press and the there press to get that, or this this person's privacy. And I think the judge nailed it when he said, "Look at your actions." Well, Todd, Fred, and Denise, the thing is, this is exactly why we have a First Amendment. So government cannot operate in the shadows. And it's why news agencies want it. So government can't play little special favors and games. If this was such a good thing, it would have all been done in the open and everybody would know what was going on. And obviously somebody's embarrassed or ashamed or doesn't want the word to get out. And I have to tell you, I applaud these media organizations, Todd, that want to make this happen. I I agree with you, Cal, there. Now, I I want to make sure that we understand what they are seeking – People already have the police reports. That's already been made public. That came out. What they're seeking is the court's file. You know, when a court goes to the length to seal something, it's like saying a a huge red flag, look here, look here, look here. But but what are you typically going to find in a court file? I mean, you're not going to find... Typically, any notes on plea negotiations, I've been a prosecutor, I was a prosecutor for 10 years, been a criminal defense attorney for five, I have never once filed copies of my plea negotiations with the court. You're going to find in the court, court file, minutes of the court proceedings, you're going to find legal pleadings that have been filed by both sides and, and filed with the clerk of the court. You're going to find a, a plea form if somebody pled. If nobody pled, then you won't find there. You'll find the complaint. It's these type of documents. Sentencing recommendations. If if there is a set sentencing recommendation, a report on sentencing recommendations, I'll be curious to see what is in there because most of the time it's innocuous and nobody would really have something. So if the court went to the lengths to 
seal it, it tells me there's something else in there that you wouldn't typically find in a court file. And sealing the record. Remember, criminal matters are public record. Yes. That means the public has a right to know what's in the, that each and every file. And for the court to actually seal the public record, that is a very unusual and very infrequent um, event. Yeah, the issue here is that Smollett team argues, well, it was the media that gave substantial public attention to this. Well, by the way, there are certain event times where it needs to be sealed. Children, when children are involved, yes, or sure. an individual that has been um, a serious crime like rape or something Victim like that. Of a sexual yeah. assault. The right. identities yeah. of those individuals. So that that's a different story. But here, this is just a, a, a normal individual, other than he is a movie star, that um, went out there and talked all about it to himself, uh, and so did his lawyers. So you open it up, Judge. You, you're right. And I think the biggest problem here are the conflicting statements between the Smollett team and what Smollett is saying people can infer from the dismissal versus what the prosecutors are saying. Smollett, upon the dismissal, has gone out and said, I told you I never did anything. The truth prevails. I got a dismissal because I didn't do anything wrong. But the prosecution has said, yeah, we dismissed it. We're not saying he didn't do anything wrong. We dismissed it because we said said what we would be seeking in terms of punishment, he already did. So it's not like if we went through a full prosecution, we'd get anything more than we already would have gotten. He paid the fine. He did the community service. Let that, me, that's different. Let me quote the judge. The judge says, his actions are not the actions of a person seeking to maintain his privacy or simply be let alone. Quote, while the court appreciates the defendant was in the public eye before the events, the uh, that, pre that precipitated this case, it was not necessary for him to address this so publicly and to do such to such an extent. There it is, Your Honor. That's exactly right. I think he put himself out there. If they would have shut up, there might have been an issue. But the fact that they went out there and talked about it. So we're going to find out later on what was in the file and what was in the court docket. And this is uh, going to be very interesting for us to talk about at a later date. So we'll be back. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, hour number one. Uh, we'll be back hour number two. If you uh, want to hear about us or uh, listen to our, private, our prior stuff, go to our website. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.